Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy, especially when it comes to the care you need. So let's talk about you, about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Let's talk about your needs now and for the future. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. It starts with a phone call. Call 866-420-5330 or visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're listening to Screen Heroes on the Heroes Podcast Network. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Screen Heroes. My name is Ray. I am with my two favorite co-hosts, Ryan Hi. and Derek. Hello. How are you guys? I'm good. Doing, yeah. doing okay. We're, we're using some new equipment tonight, so I'm a little little apprehensive. We'll see how it goes. Well, today is a day that will live in infamy, I'm sure. Like, yeah, this is a national holiday. International, yeah. Not international, years, just USA holiday. Yeah. Years from now, we'll reflect on where we were will we? when Disney Plus dropped. Yes. Grandpa, Have, do you remember where you were when Disney Plus dropped? I remember I couldn't access the app for at least four hours. I had nothing better to do but sit and watch Lady and the Tramp, and my whole day was ruined. It did work for some people. Like One of our buddies, Jordan, uh, watched like nothing but Disney stuff all day with his kid yep. on his day off. So Shout out to that. It worked for him. Um, I got it to work this afternoon. I watched A New Hope and the, the new 4K cut. That is different in a really frustrating way, but whatever. I got to watch one episode of The Mandalorian, so that's exciting. Of course, that's all that's available right now, but... Yeah. I got to watch the um, the screen, the Error 404 screen, <laughs> so that was that cool. That is a really good Disney classic. Yeah. Well, it's quickly becoming a classic. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'll say that, like, error handling was not their strong suit. Like, all day long, when it wasn't working, it was just like, something went wrong, was the error message. Great. <laughs> you can't give me any more than that. You can't give me a cue and just, like, maybe have people wait in a queue like a video game. I don't know. It was bad. They Of all the companies in the world to launch a streaming service, I mean, come on. It's pretty rough. It's hard for me to feel too bad for them. Oh, yeah. Never feel bad for Disney. <laughs> Never. Ever. They're always the villains. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> like, they are our overlords. I admit it. I'm fine with it. But I don't have to like them. <laughs> right. Exactly. I do appreciate there was a good number of people who made sure the first thing they viewed on Disney Plus was Steamboat Willie. Yeah. I thought that was kind of cute. That is adorable. Ryan doesn't think that's cute. It's fine, I guess. I don't I just, really get the point. Because it was like, that's the first. I used too much of it. You have to cut that out. Copyright. 
<laughs> sure. I'm um, guessing that it's not entirety of Steamboat Willie because there wasn't there some stuff in that that was like really inappropriate. No, Steamboat Willie is Steamboat actually Willie. really okay. I must be thinking of a different one. Yeah, there was a lot of inappropriate stuff, but Steamboat Willie is pretty okay. sanitary compared. <laughs> Tame. Yeah. Fair but, just a steamboat and his mouse. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what else we got? What else is going on? All right. So I don't usually talk about this kind of stuff. I'm not interested in it, but this is the weirdest thing ever. So since it's entertainment, I'm going to bring it up. Days of Our Lives fired their entire cast. Like everybody? Everyone. They released every single cast member. They Soap operas uh this one films eight months ahead of schedule they have enough episodes to run daily until the summer of 2020 and they're gonna resume production back in march or in march but like they're it they let go of everybody are they rebooting the show like include just cast or cast and crew uh just cast they released every cast member from their contract. This has never That's been so done. Weird. The show's been running for 56 years. So growing up, my mom watched Young and the Restless. And so I know that like they would just swap out actors sometimes, and you just have to get used to that being a character you already knew. But the entire cast, how do you even get away with that? I, it's so weird. That's why I had to mention it, because no other soap opera opera has ever done this. And like we don't watch them. We don't talk about them. But like that is just... It's Can you imagine if you were a soap opera fan and they were going to do a cro- like an Avengers style crossover between several <laughs> soap operas and then you were like, man, I have to catch up on 56 years of episodes. <laughs> Here's my that big question. Rough, man. Do you think in like five or six years, they're just all going to show up in the shower at the end, like in Dallas, but like everybody? Maybe. And it Who was knows? just one person's dream. Who knows? No. No. That would be horrible. So. Horrible. <laughs> That's super weird. I'm very, I'd like to know more. Right. I would. That's so far. That's all the details we have. Okay. So next thing on our list, a lot of new trailers have dropped this week for some interesting things. Uh, Sonic's redesign is available for all of us to take a look at. And honestly, it's a huge improvement to his face. He's no longer a monster. And body. Yeah, uh, he looks substantially better. And the, and the trailer cut was much better, too. Like, the movie itself just looks like a better film. I wouldn't say it looks amazing or anything like that. But, like, if I was 10 years old, I'd want to go see that. Yeah, absolutely. Know? Absolutely. Yeah, but you're older than that, and you still want to go see yeah, it. Yeah, you're 84. I, so here's the thing. I want to go see it, honestly. Close. I want to go see it because the designers and the artists had to do a lot of work very, very quickly to do this and i would like to give them that the credit credit we're credit to do that they they took our feedback right everyone always bitches that they don't listen to audience feedback they listened to our feedback and they got something done quicker than they probably should have and i think that they deserve some some reward for that work i think that's fair i'd pay for it to 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 back that i don't expect to like it so maybe i'll take my nieces or something and at least somebody can get some enjoyment I'm right. still like 40% sure that the whole thing was some sort of publicity stunt. Like, Maybe. Like, That's a there's risky no stunt. way that everybody in the in the production was like, man, this is a good design. They're going to love this. This trailer is perfect. It shows the tone of our movie. 
Uh, you know, well, that, I don't think that's what happened, but I also don't think it was a ploy either. I think it's it's just corporate BS. You have a bunch of shareholders and, and stuff and board members who only care about profit and they were probably trying to skim some budget somewhere. And that was what they were able to do in the resources provided. But think about like they they could have if this was a whole publicity stunt then and they could have easily pitched it to the company and been like listen what we're going to do is we're going to release this sonic does not look great the trailer is not great but think of you know the internet's going to hate it and think of how much of hero will look like if we make those changes that the internet wants nobody's done that before we'll be heroes everybody will go see the movie to support the designers and all this other stuff like you guys want to and then you wouldn't uh, think that Jim they would have gotten Jim Carrey on board for that because he was against the studio making changes. I don't know. I don't. I don't honestly think that that happened. But okay. I'm saying that I'm <laughs> suspicious of everything like this because it seems. I don't know. The only thing that really makes me think it wasn't this is because it got delayed two months when they did that. Otherwise, well, more, four months. Four months. Yeah. It, either way, I mean, I don't know that that's a big enough difference to change anything. But um, you know. I, that that tells me that it was that wasn't a marketing ploy because they wouldn't delay a movie for four months as a marketing ploy. That, that, that and into February of all places, right. which is usually not where, a great release date. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, don't get me wrong. If it is a ploy, that's just some genius work that somebody put yeah, together. Somebody needs a promotion. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm sure they got it <laughs> based on today's responses. But, um, yeah. So shout out to those designers though. They did they did a good job, and I hope they didn't have to work too hard and if you're thinking about sharing a like avenger style smash brothers meme please don't it's not funny anymore we get it there's been a pikachu movie and a sonic movie coming out like we get it it's not that it was funny the first time i'm just really annoyed by those memes i'd like to talk to you about the smash brothers initiative or whatever like come on guys i don't even know what a live action super smash brothers movie would would be it would well, be boring as hell. We've seen what a live-action Mario Brothers movie is like, uh, so... Would they just fight the giant gloved hand at the end? Is that their Probably. thing? Probably. Oh, I mean, like, it works in the video game because nobody cares what the story is in the video game. Right. You know? Um, no. Yeah. Not, that's not happening. No, it's not happening, and I just... The, the meme annoys me, especially when people that I care about and respect share it. I'm like, come on, guys. Let's, let's not do this. Fair well, enough. It was funny, like, eight months ago. What else we got? All right. So the new Scooby-Doo trailer dropped. Did either of you watch it? it? It's just called Scoob, right? Or something like that. I thought that. I I have not watched the trailer. I have looked through a lot of the design work and stuff. And I think that for the most part, they look really good. The art style is really cool. They look good. Fred looks off. I don't like any of the voice cast, which I seem to be in the minority on that. A lot of people are really digging Will Forte as shaggy and stuff so i'll be interested to hear what you guys have to think or have to say i don't know if i'll go see it but probably not just because the the last time they did live action scooby movies they were just they're for a much younger audience this isn't live action no it's animated you're right it's animated i can't imagine like the last time they did a a theatrical release yeah so i just i don't know that i'll go see it but it does look really good yeah it the animation looks nice. I don't think I've ever seen a Scooby-Doo movie, to be honest with nice. you. So <laughs> I'm fair. not super interested in it. First one was fun. It, it really was. I actually thought the first one was a pretty decent attempt. That's fair. It made Scrappy the bad guy, and I hate Scrappy, so that worked for me. 
<laughs> Everybody hated Spoiler Scrappy. alert. <laughs> From a 15-year-old movie. <laughs> Sorry. 20. No. We were we were in high school when that movie came out, right? What do you mean we? I was in high school when that movie came out. <laughs> it did not it, it did not come out when the Matrix came out. There's no way. I'll have to look it up. Okay. <laughs> now I'm curious. What else we got? Let's move on. Oh boy, what else? Um, Ghostbusters another, controversy. Yeah, let's talk about that. It's like, yeah. There's so there's been a uh, whatever. There was a tweet sent out by an Italian movies uh, movie news scooper, uh, and they said we have the exclusive announcement that the movie is called Ghostbusters Afterlife, and fans were like, "What?" And some fans were like, what? And then an advertisement came out for a high C ecto cooler again with the real Ghostbusters Slimer on the can for some reason. Um, and it also said Ghostbusters Afterlife with an official logo uh, or what looked like an official logo. And then that tweet got taken down and the account removed or something along those lines. Ouch. I didn't yeah. know the account was removed. So, uh, so that's potentially the title to the movie Ghostbusters Afterlife and then the controversy that a lot of fans are upset about is that it's not called Ghostbusters 3 um, or they think that Afterlife is just stupid Um, (laughs) but in any case I think most of the people that don't like the Afterlife part is because they want to differentiate from Answer the Call yeah which was that even called Answer the Call in theaters I didn't think it was that until it it went to video yeah so it was added. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a stupid reason. If you ask me, like, just who cares? It's nobody's going to be like, oh, this is the sequel to the the all women movie. You know, the trailer, I'm sure whenever it releases is going to look totally different. No confusion. I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and trash the all women movie. But, you know, it's that's why people don't want that title. And I think it's stupid. Yeah, I mean. It basically because the word afterlife has nothing to do with answer the call. Those two things aren't connected. So it means that any subtitle right. would be mm-hmm. a bad thing. And that seems kind of silly, right? Like lots of franchises use subtitles and they use them inconsistently and, and things like that. And I mean, the, the real question is like, we don't really know what their plans are. Maybe there are two alternate realities and one day the two universes will meet up like they were going to do with the Evil Dead franchise. And they don't want to call this Ghostbusters 3 because it's really the fourth film in a more complex multiverse. I don't know. Right. But I'm not saying that I like Afterlife. It's fine. I think it's at least it's like ghost related. Right. You yeah. Know? yeah, I agree. I mean, at the moment, it doesn't mean much because does that mean like they're going to visit the afterlife? Is someone from the afterlife going to visit them? Because that's all ghosts. Right. Right. So I don't know. But. Well, the rumor is and there's been a plot leak also, but um, is that this is the start of a, just like everything is nowadays. It's the start of like a re not a soft reboot for the Ghostbusters franchise. So they can start releasing more movies. Um, in this line so if they mm-hmm. called it ghostbusters 3 then the next one they'd have to call ghostbusters 4 and that would make it seem too connected to the first two movies so they wanted people to know I, i'm assuming that uh, well that i, mean, I think that's a I, fair i uh, guess again it's like evil dead army of darkness was released to a much wider audience and they didn't want people to think they had missed these earlier films that they you know were going to be lost when they went to go see that movie this is probably a similar situation they want people to have this as their jump on point yeah for ghostbusters you know and while 
it seems like there's going to be a lot of connections to the original two films. I pro I, I doubt this will be dependent on the first two films. Right. They wouldn't do that. Right. Yeah. Makes no, sense. I agree. Makes sense. As long as it's, as the story is good and it's not just a reboot for reboot's sake, you know, um, that would be my only worry is that they're just they're looking so far ahead. Like, well, we got like five movies planned. Like, well, let's just do the one and, and see it how should, it goes. It, it would just pain me if it was bad because it, it, just like the uh, answer the call did, because mm-hmm. there's so much potential in that universe for like when you look at Avengers. Yes, there's hundreds of different heroes and everything else. But Ghostbusters, they could have Ghostbusters in Italy or mm-hmm. yes. Australia or New Zealand, you know, like they could have Ghostbusters everywhere and it could be different types of, you know, there's so many things that you can do with that. It's just such a beautiful place to be, you know, a fun place, comedy, you get drama, you get horror kind of. Well, and it's not tied to a a century's worth of quote canon. Right, exactly. Where they have a thousand comic books that they can't contradict without making somebody mad. They don't really have that. I mean, they do have a bunch of comic books, but it's not really canon. It's not like that, though. Yeah. You know, because the movie came first. Right. Right. Versus, you know, the Avengers were a comic long before they were a movie. You know, so now the comics are loosely based on the film, not the other way around. And. You know, the mm-hmm. films talk first, but... Well, let's hope it's good and that uh, fanboys can get over themselves for five seconds. They're all... Go- the worst part is they're all going to go see it, right? Like, there's no way that a person that's a fan of Ghostbusters is going to be like, I'm not going to go see it because the title's Afterlife. I mean, probably not that, that reason alone, but to be fair, a lot of Star Wars fans skipped Solo because they were really mad at The Last Jedi. So it's not unheard of in the modern age of film. Right. Yeah. Just throwing that out there. I hope that that's not the case. You know, because, for example, I thought Solo was actually pretty damn good, but, you know, people didn't see it. So it'll find more life on uh, Disney Plus. Oh, yeah, probably. I expect that. And Netflix, I guess, for now. Isn't mm-hmm. it on Netflix? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any other news? So it's definitely happening. Uh, a movie is going to recreate James Dean. Oh, yeah. And all of CGI. And just about everyone hates this idea. I mean, I do. I, I think, read Chris Evans' tweet about yeah. it, and I thought that was pretty good. What did he say? He said that this is unlikely that this is what he would want. Oh. Yeah, that's the, he, he, that's the way the, he said it was pretty funny, but that was yeah, definitely the gist of it. I don't perfect. remember exactly how he phrased it, but he was basic When he said that, I mean, I hadn't put much thought into it, but when he said that, I was like, yeah, the way it was phrased was definitely something that made you go, yeah, that seems a little... What, like, why would they do this? I mean, I don't like when people use my name, my image, my anything, anything that I have control over without my permission now and I'm alive. I think I would drastically hate it if I was dead. I get that there's there's three generations now in existence that didn't grow up with him in the movies, but that's fine we still are able to go back and watch others like we don't need to it's not important but where's the line like exactly because disney did it with uh let's talk about medi-cal you have a choice and molina makes it easy especially when it comes to the care you need so let's talk about you about making your life easier about extra help to manage your health let's talk about your needs now and for the future Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. It starts with a phone call. Call 866-420-5330 or visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh Grand Moff Tarkin and like a uh, Leia. Uh, Leia. Yeah, um, absolutely. So where where's the line? Like would fans be would people be upset if they finished what uh Princess Leia was supposed to do or General Leia was supposed know. to do in episode 9? Well, with CGI. My gut instinct is to just say no cuz like personally I wouldn't want it to happen to me, so I would draw that line there. But that's just. It, but then the fans are like, you it's know, it's a subjective. I want to see Leia with a lightsaber. If that was the plan, then let's do that. Well, in her case, her daughter basically gets the say, right? Her family gets the say. Um, it gets more complicated. Well, though. I'm more saying, it, do fan would fan, do you think where does fans draw the line with that? Because they seem just, to be okay with it. It depends so how beloved the character is. I don't. I, I only like it in specific circumstances, maybe to finish a story they were in the middle of, if something tragic happens like Carrie Fisher or Paul Walker, um, you know, like, and it's a tribute, like the way, the way, as terrible as Furious 7 is, the tribute at the end of the movie to Paul Walker, I thought was actually really well done and very nice and probably one of the, the better moments in the franchise. And that was okay. But the idea that you can bring back any actor at any time for any film and not have to pay rights or anything like that really well, I, see i don't know how that works because crispin glover won that that lawsuit for back to the future back to the future 2 um where they use his facial molds to bring yeah. in a different actor he and and make him look but like i don't crispin think glover. cgi would be the same thing i don't know but it was a very big lawsuit for hollywood it was set a massive precedent and i would imagine it, that case would be used as evidence of precedent for CGI, because it's just a different type of doctoring an image, right? It's still you're st- the whole point that Crispin Glover won on was his likeness, and this is no different. It's just using a different medium. So I would think that you have to pay loyalties to whoever is that estate, right? It's tough to say. I mean, you could easily just say that it's you know that somebody from hand digitally sculpted this. It was not copied. It was you know. And it bears a resemblance, and you know if they're using his name clearly, then somebody needs to have you know there needs to be royalties paid somewhere. But I if mean, it's just for Terminator Salvation, they still needed Schwarzenegger's uh, approval to use a CGI render of him based on photographs while he was in office. So I mean, I, I just I can't imagine that the estate didn't have to approve it. Now, whether or not that's still okay, I just I think it's weird. You have so many actors out there now who are who are very good, who are looking for work, right? So to Ray's point, like just remaster the old films and release them on streaming services and Blu-ray for people, and then just make new movies with new actors. That would be my take. That's like literally how the cycle of life goes. <laughs> like, but I, also like now look at all the press they're getting for it. So. Yeah. It's just like when Sonic was released and that, or the trailer was released and that was a terrible trailer. People and are going thing. to specifically see this movie to see how good or how bad exactly. the CGI is if they treat his personage and character correctly or if it's disrespectful. People Any press is good press, yeah. right? They'll want to see the masterpiece or the shit show. Like, Yeah, I, I, I do think it's a slippery slope. Yeah. I, Eventually, I, there will have to be a legal precedent set somewhere. Mm-hmm. 
I imagine. It's just like all the holograms for uh, concerts and stuff like that when they were talking about bringing back Tupac. And there, just, there has to be a line. Otherwise, at some point, do you need actors anymore? Or A-list actors anymore? Or do you just get people in mocap suits? You know. Well, I mean, there are like singers out there that are basically just a CGI creation and the vocals are just an AI sure. generated thing. So, I mean, like, at what point is it just do you right. need actors anymore? Yeah, it's a weird situation yeah it just it seems like a weird thing to invest money in when the film industry is a little precarious right now anyway mm-hmm. you know everyone freaks out when a movie doesn't make 800 million dollars so i'm not sure that this is where that money should be going you one guys... thing we didn't talk about was joker the big news for joker what was the big news that uh apparently it's grossed more or it's made a bigger profit than any other comic book movie ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It had a very low budget, so the return on it has been pretty great. Yeah. Joaquin Phoenix took a smaller paycheck for this too. Like it, even his big name, his accounting, his check was a lot smaller than what it has been on previous films. So I mean I the bet budget he wishes he made a back end deal now. I mean, he might have. Who knows? I mean, the budget for the film, I think, was only $65 million. Yeah. And for perspective, that's that's less than Deadpool. And that's only a little bit more than what Robert Downey Jr. made on like his last four appearances. Less than, Shaz- less than Shazam, too, I think. Wasn't it's less it? than Shazam, Shazam less than Captain Marvel, less than Deadpool. It seems a little unfair when you consider the fact that they had four sets. They had, you know, three main actors. They had zero... Uh, special effects for the most part they had some explosions and costuming and things like that but it, you know it, it's 70s clothes like that all can be found at thrift stores and vintage Easily, places yeah. so it's not like the costuming department had to really sit there and sew 16th century beads <laughs> so you know it's it seems like good for it for profiting because it was a good movie we talked about that but it does seem like a weird comparison if you're not yeah, listing all the reasons like, why. Uh, in, uh, in a couple of the DC Facebook groups I'm in, they were like, oh, this is better than Avengers Endgame now and oh, Avengers God. Infinity War. Like, you know, it made more money, the biggest comic book movie ever. I'm like, I don't think that's what that means, but okay. Yeah. Just because it made more profit does not make it a bigger. That's, yeah, that's my problem that's is the that word the there. information gets extrapolated. Yeah. Well, I, I've said this before on the show, like dollars doesn't equal quality. Right, there are some terrible movies that have made a fortune. Venom, you know, um, much much worse than Venom. Furious Seven made a billion dollars. Yeah, that's fair. You know, just as an example, we were talking <laughs> about know? superhero stuff, so I just no, you know, I, I, Venom I, I, I was just saying, like, movie, movie, I mean, did you general, see that they had a whole parking garage come down on them unscathed? They're superheroes in those films at this point. Like, <laughs> well, that's fair. Um, yeah, I mean, look, it, it, it's creeping up. It's at, it's almost at nine hundred million, I think, worldwide. Which, I mean, look, that's it's impressive. very impressive. Yeah, for a sixty-five million dollar drama, it kind of hurts me because drama. it basically guarantees a sequel. Yeah, there's no way they don't make a sequel to it. Yeah, yeah they're gonna try, and, and do then something. they're gonna want to put him up against Batman. There's at no way point. they're like, we made nine hundred million dollars. People will go see him get punched in the face by Robert Pattinson. <laughs> Which I would. I mean, I mean, I don't even know how you do that. He'd be so much. He'd be so old by then. Yeah. Time travel. Batman's gonna punch a seventy-year-old Joker in the face. Like, no, you know lame. that there's gonna be some. Well, I mean, how? <laughs> right after like, he says, "Okay, boomer," like, just, right? Like, it just. Right come to on. The- I, I don't think that's nearly as big of a deal when you figure out. You know, they have to figure out how 
this young Batman is going to fit in with Wonder Woman and Aquaman when Ben Affleck's Batman was much older and a totally different character. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of things they have to figure out. So I don't think making yeah. Joker and Batman fight and be the same well, age is that I, big of a deal. I think because so I, I've read that Wonder Woman 1984 is supposed to be a soft reboot of the DCEU, the world's of DC, whatever. So, I mean, Batman's next appearance is really his first appearance as far as Ugh. the universe is concerned, right? Ugh. But a sequel to Joker where he fights Patton, uh, Robert Pattinson will, would be a sequel to Joker. So it would be the same guy. So you can't just skip three decades. Maybe I mean, you can. Yeah. It's Warner Brothers. They'll find a way. <sighs> we'll see. He bumps into Freeze and he Maybe the Batman takes place and... in the 80s too. Yeah, could be. Oh, and then it's only 10 years. So they're going to age up Pattinson for... It's a lot easier to that's age up than age down. Okay, now that would be kind of cool. That takes actually. a little bit of makeup, whereas de aging takes a lot of makeup and a lot of CGI. That would be very also Wonder Woman takes place in the eighties. Yeah, right. So yeah. That's you know Aquaman though. Do you think be... he'll show up? He's a little turned on at this point. Yeah, I know. I hadn't just, considered the that. table it's lifted really cool. on his side. Just I a little bit. I just hadn't considered that He's at all. Gonna get some high fives under the idea. table. All right, all right. <laughs> Inappropriate, Rachel. You took it too far. Let, let's let's maybe, let's just move on. Quoted let's clone move high. On. All right, guys. You want to take a break and then let's talk Cornetto. Sure, let's do it. Okay, um, that's what's gonna happen. We're gonna take a small break and then we're gonna talk the wonderful Cornetto trilogy. Hello, everyone. This is Ray from the Heroes Podcast Network. Currently, you've probably heard me on a show called Screen Heroes, where we discuss movies and uh, TV shows about superhero, sci-fi, and a little bit of fantasy. Well, I love fantasy so much, I am starting a brand new podcast about fantasy television series. We are going to review these series in a bit more detail than what Screen Heroes usually does. We'll discuss multiple episodes for a whole continuous arc and then move on to another series. Spellbound will review shows, new shows like The Witcher, Good Omens, Carnival Row, and Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. We're also going to look back at previous shows such as American Gods and Avatar The Last Airbender, Old miniseries from the 90s like Leprechauns and the Tenth Kingdom. And we're going to do a movie here and there. Maybe even a little bit of fantasy upcoming news. Who knows? You'll be able to follow Spellbound at SpellboundCast on Twitter for the latest fantasy news about the show, about the upcoming shows that we'll be discussing. You can also listen to us Fridays coming in September. Hey everyone, welcome back. We are going to talk about the Cornetto Trilogy. If you guys don't know what this is, it is from the brilliant minds of Edgar Wright and Nick Frost and Simon Pegg, three like lifelong friends who uh, have made a ton of movies together, but these three are uh, all somewhat connected. And Very loosely. They, they have dubbed it the Cornetto <laughs> Trilogy, so... This includes Shaun of the Dead, uh, Hot Fuzz, and World's End. At World's End, or The World's End. The World's End. End. These were, yeah, At World's End is the Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Don't watch that. That's a piece of garbage. The World's Not the Cornetto End. Trilogy. The World's End. Yes. <laughs> right, so the, the three films are loosely tied together through the concept of Cornetto ice cream. Yes. Which doesn't even actually really show up in The World's End. There's like a rapper at the, at the tail end of the... Of the film that shows up. Yeah, poor Nick Frost doesn't get to eat one in this no. in that movie. Even though it would have been a good opportunity for Simon Pegg's 
character king to to eat one like when he picks them up at, right. at the train station or something uh, but the three films are basically each a different genre yeah so Shaun of the dead is your zombie flick hot fuzz is your action star film and then the world's end is your sci-fi movie um where do you guys want to start do you just want to start with Shaun of the dead well, we're or? just we're just talking here it's just okay. a discussion about the whole thing so i imagine we'll talk about all three of them what is your favorite ryan Hot Fuzz always has been, always will be. Um, yeah. When it came out, there were a lot of complaints about it um, for whatever reason, that, that it wasn't as good as Shaun of the Dead or whatever, and I never really identified with any of those. For me, it's always been very strong. The My favorite part of it, and something that a lot of people complained about, was the way it's paced is unique right like it's very slow through most of the movie it is but it's by design because you're supposed to be feeling the pacing like the main character uh angle is feeling <laughs> um you know because he's moving from a busy city to a very slow village where nothing happens and that's all reflected in the way the actual movie is paced and that was one of the first times when I remember pick, really caring about a movie pacing and picking up on what was going on. And then I figured out, oh, okay, this is – and I thought that was really cool and something that I don't know if none of the critics really understood that or cared. But for me, it was very cool, very impressive. And just the whole movie is – it's classic. There's yeah. so many good lines. Um, yeah. So lots of pop culture references and mm-hmm. – I don't. I, I could babble on about that movie for a long time. I really love it. Well, we're gonna babble about it for a while. Derek, what's your favorite? Hot Fuzz. Okay. Um, for a lot of the same reasons that Ryan's mentioned, but also I think it's the most complex of the three as far as the story and writing is concerned. Um, the other two I think are just very straightforward genre films. You know, they're just kind of satirical takes on them. Mm-hmm. But Hot Fuzz is just so interwoven in so many different aspects of what's going on with the characters, what's going on with the village, the other movies that it gets references from. Um, you know, specifically, you know, Bad Boys 2 and Point Break. And um, I just I think it's their peak. I think it's where they got everything right. Whereas there's stuff I would change in the other two. I, I don't think I would really touch anything and hot fuzz okay so let's talk about that what would you change in shauna the dead um there's there's a couple of things i would probably change in in shauna the dead i don't actually care for the ending really at all what about the ending um like having ed in the shed not no rhyme intended there but having him back there like just it just doesn't really make sense to me um i just felt like it was kind of a cop out on his death that he should have had in the pub. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just, I feel like everything goes back to normal very quickly and he gets the girl and his friend's not really dead and he gets to keep his house that somehow he can afford now. And, you know, everybody who was mean to him gets their comeuppance and some of them, some of the times it was deservingly so, right? Like the, the idiot coworker, you know, like, yeah, he's a young kid and he's taking a phone call and he was being a jerk. And then, you know, he gets a phone call and has to do the same thing. And then, of course, that guy becomes a zombie at the end of the movie. So I would probably change that stuff. Um, but you got to admit, David's death is very satisfying. Yeah, sure. But he's almost like a villain in the movie in a way. Right. Because, I mean, he at, at almost every turn does something to hinder everybody's progress. Yeah. 
on purpose, right? Sometimes Sean's stuff doesn't work out, right? But not purposefully, more of just he's kind of a sad, tra- sad character, right? Okay. I don't think I would have changed any of that. St- I mean, I don't know. Like there, he, there were things that probably could have been done better with the ending, but it doesn't stand out to me as bad, not as bad as um, the third movie in the trilogy. But um, oh, well, I mean, I I didn't say it was bad. I love Shaun of the Dead. I I was just explaining why I liked Hot Fuzz more. Okay. Well, you were talking about what you would change, and yeah. so that's you were nitpicking Shaun of the Dead. So I'm just saying. I was pretty okay with it. I didn't yeah. have any, nearly as many issues with the ending as you did. Um, I didn't mind Ed being in the shed. I thought it was fine. The whole point of it was that zombies uh, can still do whatever they did when they were alive. <laughs> and I thought him yeah. like drooling and like bashing the controller. I feel like that's how you play video games sometimes. Um, so I, I had a you know that thought in my mind, and I was thinking maybe Ed is Derek is my Ed. Mm. So. Which is actually proven true a few times in our relationship. So, okay. Rachel, what's your favorite of the uh, Cornetto trilogy? Okay, so for the longest time, it was The World's End. And I liked it because I identified so much with the King character. And I didn't even know why I did until the other day. Um, I told Derek that. I was like, I don't know why, but I just, I, I love. Uh, king's character so much i love simon pegg's character and derek was like oh it's because you're both massively depressed <laughs> he said it a not l- how i said it no he said it a lot he said it much sweeter yes That's derek classic. says everything a lot sweeter but i don't remember things verbatim so i paraphrase and it makes him sound like a dick and it's not fair because he's not he doesn't talk to me like that <laughs> I was looking forward to this episode. Yeah, basically, yeah, we've all just been beating up Derek <laughs> no, the whole time. No, no. But then, you know, going back and rewatching Hot Fuzz so much, I did realize just how it just it's a better story. It's more nuanced. Like you said, it's very layered. And how everything ends is pretty amazing. Like, I, I loved that there was this whole conspiracy theory, and it sounded incredible. <laughs> Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Believable. And any other movie would have done it. And then it turns out that the plot is just to be the very best, quaintest little village ever. And that's the whole motivation behind all these murders. People are petty. Yeah. You know, I, I think one of the things I like the most about Hot Fuzz is our main two characters I feel like truly grow into better people because of each other. 
Whereas in the other two films, I don't feel like anybody makes any progress. If, if anything, some of them regress, right? So I, I like that. I like that they go through this like traumatic experience and come out stronger because of the bond they each have together. And you seem like, based on your Facebook post, you kind of had like an epiphany when you were watching Hot Fuzz that you really love this movie. And, so you know, I, I, I when I saw that post, I was like, I get it, man. I love it when you get somebody gets that feeling about a movie that they just rewatch it and go, you know what? This might be my favorite movie or, you know, yeah. one of my favorite movies of all time. And, and it seemed like you felt that way. I was really happy to see that. Well, I have a weird history with this movie. When I saw it in theaters, and I was very excited to go see it in theaters because of how much I like Shaun of the Dead, I walked out of the theater really hating this movie. And I can't tell you why. You weren't alone. Like a lot of, <laughs> it, I remember when this movie came out, and not a lot of people like. Like it, it was a, a lot of people. Whenever I said I liked it, it was people coming at me like, <laughs> "How could you like this movie?" And I had to defend it. I, I don't. I, I bought like a dual pack that had Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. I'm like, well, all right, I might as well watch it again and see how it is. And I don't know what movie I saw in theaters, but it was not the same movie I watched at home. <laughs> but it was had, the same movie. Right. <laughs> I had the same reaction to Shaun of the Dead. And I think it's because I saw it at like the height of the 2000s zombie craze. And I was really into zombies. I saw like every zombie film I could get my hands on over the course of like three or four years. And when I see this one, and it's slow. And the zombies aren't very, uh, I guess, threatening for the longest time. And, you know, it's more about this kind of jackass guy trying to get his life together than I just I was comparing it to other zombie films and I was disappointed. So I, I took a break from it, watched it a few years later. And then I was like, no, that's probably the most accurate zombie movie ever, <laughs> at least for Britain. I imagine here in America, there'd be a lot more guns just readily available. But in, in It'd Br be much more zombie land. -like, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I think that's what those are my top two zombie films, though. Zombie land and Shaun of the Dead. And I think they just represent where they're from perfectly. Yeah. Yeah, one thing that I really like about um, Edgar Wright and the Cornetto trilogy in general is that the, when you go back and rewatch them, you pick up on so many things that so you didn't see before. So, like in Shaun of the Dead, you know, in his first walkthrough, you see these there's things happening behind him, but you're not really paying attention to it. But then when you pay attention to it, this maybe the second time you watch the movie, you see that it's people that are not zombies but they are acting exactly like zombies mm -hmm. and so it's kind of um like an alternate take on what a zombie really is mm -hmm. and and in hot fuzz you see you if you go in knowing about this conspiracy and knowing that this is going on and you're seeing the way these people are acting before that's discovered you can see the little things that are off and, you know, that are kind of signaling what's going to happen that you didn't pick up on the first time you saw the movie. Um, and those kind of things I really appreciate. It makes me feel smart about movies when I'm <laughs> maybe not at, that smart about movies. And Edgar so I Wright like that. is, I, I believe, a cinematic genius, to be honest. Because not just these movies, but you throw in Baby Driver and Scott Pilgrim, and they're all examples of brilliant detail put into every last word spoken every detail in the background every extra every piece of clothing it all is just well orchestrated and 
you know, it makes sense why he makes a movie once every like four or five years. It's because it takes him forever and he is detail oriented. Right. Well, and he's choosing. He doesn't Mm -hmm. just pick anything. He picks something he thinks he can. Or he writes it himself. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, No, I I love the way his movies are shot. Mm -hmm. Absolutely love the the quick cuts and just the way things are tied together. I just like like in Hot Fuzz, you know, early on in the film where he's he's meeting all the other uh, police officers. Right. And they're telling him he has to leave. And each one asks him about his hand like the exact same way kind of thing. And I just that repetition of the monotony. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I just I like that. In every movie, all the characters have a naming convention that matches. And I never noticed that until you mentioned it this weekend. It's so very obvious in The World's End. You know, they're all named after nobility. There's um, King, Prince, Knightley. um, Forgetting the others, but yeah, like they're all nobility. So that is kind of the big naming convention there and uh, so is everybody around them and then in hot fuzz um all the conspirators have very aggressive names treacher reaper um i'm forgetting yeah <laughs> it's been a while since anyway, yeah. but yes skinner, skinner yeah skinner yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that one's maybe a little on the nose but <laughs> well i mean so are all the um the cops you know there's cartwright and wainwright and if you yeah. and then there's Andes. Butterman. And like it's all very detailed of what the character is. You know, like you don't imagine a guy with the last name Butterman to be a threat or anything. You imagine he's, you know, probably gooey and fun to be around, you know, you don't I mean, aren't we all like a little gooey, though? <laughs> you two so, are gooey and fun to be around. You're my Butterman. <laughs> Gee, thanks. So, uh, you know, you mentioning all Edgar Wright's movies made me realize that that guy, he might be like just based on sheer volume of movies that I love. He might be my favorite filmmaker. Definitely top three. Like, And it, it makes the fact that he walked away from Ant-Man even more sad, Yeah, I think. but... He didn't want to play in the sandbox. Yeah, I totally get that. So, Marvel has their own sandbox, and it was not up for. But when debate. he started writing that, they didn't have the sandbox. He right. started doing that before the, even the original Iron Man was yeah. a thing, and so you know, I I wish I could see what what he had planned because I know it would be amazing. But you know, it is what it is. Um, I think that when you go back, when you after you've seen Baby Driver and you go back and watch uh, like Hot Fuzz and you see the car sequences and stuff like that. You can see the similarities, and I'm really glad he did a more driving-focused movie because I know we're not talking about Baby Driver, but Baby Driver was amazing, and the way the it car was. sequences were shot were very, very cool. Um, so now, I feel like in the in the Cornetto trilogy, if anything, he was just maybe limited by budget a few times. You know, especially you can yeah. see the budget got larger with each film, right? Right, as as their clout, all three of them got got higher. Um, but an interesting question. Do you guys think these movies would be as good without Simon Pegg and Nick, Nick Frost's no. like friendship, their no. chemistry? No. Those two were roommates for a very long time. They were so close that uh, Nick Frost's wife was concerned that they might have feelings for each other. So wow. like they, right. they had to sleep in the same bed and they started out with the like head to foot thing and then they started like back to back and then they just finally started cuddling each other because they were like whatever we're in the same bed (laughs) uh, so like they have such a good chemistry but i will say 
I don't believe that the movies with Simon Pegg and Nick Frost or, you know, Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg alone, I think the three of them have such a great chemistry together that it really sets apart Cornetto trilogy from, you know, Paul, for instance. I liked Paul. I liked Paul, too. I thought it was hilarious. I didn't think it had the same magic. No. That's all. If it had been done by Edgar Wright, man, that... That would have blown me away. Also, somebody other than Seth Rogen voicing the alien. Yeah, I, he is so bland. Like, I don't know why people think Seth Rogen is interesting. That dude is everybody I went to college with. I hope he isn't listening. Seth Rogen, if you're listening, we we want you to come on this podcast. Be better. Like, just be better, sir. Let's let's talk about The World's End a bit. Let's not. Because we haven't talked about The World's End. So, I think one of the reasons why The World's End didn't work for me at a basic level is because... I didn't want to see Nick Frost be the straight man in Simon Pegg because it kind of reversed their roles, right? Mm-hmm. In the in in Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz, Simon Pegg is the straight man, and uh, Nick Frost is the goofy like yeah. sidekick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's a lot of why that movie didn't work for me because I I want to see them in those roles. It's what works best for them, and I just couldn't buy into it. The other way around. I liked the switch. I didn't like that they were completely at odds with each other the entire film. That they were never really friends with each other. Like, yeah, they fought against the the not robots together when their lives were on the line. But they were never friends. They never made up. They never, you know, wanted to really be around each other. And that dynamic is what I missed that the first two films had, right? Because even though they're not friends at the beginning of Hot Fuzz, they quickly you know, grow a friendship. Mm -hmm. And even though there's a spat in, uh, Shaun of the dead, you know, they don't, they're that their friendship makes it through that. Right. And they continue to be best. Their friendship persists after death does. Yeah. And the world, the world's end just keeps them at odds the entire time. And I, I guess I didn't like seeing Simon Page just mostly be a jerk the entire movie. Yeah. There was like nothing likable about him for most of the movie. That was another problem I had with it. So I think my large issue is that I feel like the drama story between Nick Frost or yeah, Nick Frost and Simon Pegg's character, Simon Pegg's character never growing up, never moving beyond that one great night is at odds with the sci-fi movie happening. I don't think they mesh well. I you think, felt like it was two different movies trying to happen at the same time. Yeah, and I thought if you removed at least one aspect that it could have been a better movie altogether. Because, honestly, I think there was probably a really good drama involved around the five characters. And they had a lot of bullshit to push through to be better people. And getting, like, the four guys could have been better people, too. You see them at the very beginning, and they're not really having, like, great lives, you know? they're One guy's getting pushed around by his uh, wife and works for his father and he doesn't want to another guy is um, divorced and purposely dating women like right out of college that are half his age and you know so they don't seem like happy people but they never touch on the four of them being unhappy they only focus on Gary King and instead of making him grow and be a better person the whole world changes so it just suits him so this is finally a world where he doesn't have to grow up. He can be irresponsible 
and literally like this western samurai now so i i think that was my problem with it it was just combating movies but if they had just gone and veered a little bit more into the sci-fi or a little bit more into the drama it would have been a better film yeah and i think to your point about it being two movies in one i mean the other two were also two two movie genres in one you know you had uh Shaun of the dead was a romantic comedy and a, mm-hmm. and a kind of horror zombie movie and hot fuzz was kind of like an action but also like a conspiracy kind of detective uh movie so you know i think you're probably onto something there that maybe they just didn't find the balance with i didn't think it matched and- with this one yeah that they did with the other two yeah. and maybe that was one of the problems i had with it too i just couldn't buy into either side because they wouldn't commit to one or the other being right. being the important side um once they start introducing the not robots it it was really cool to notice the background in the in new haven mm-hmm. you know that was cool because that's where all the detail oriented stuff goes the in sync walking the in sync head turns the repeats of the extras and that that was fun but if they had started that earlier, then it, I think it would have been a bit better. And yeah, I don't know. I think that's fair. Um, the 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 biggest issue for me in the world's end, and I, I kind of touched on it before, is that nobody grows at all. Right. You know, and you mentioned how like you know he, uh, King just ends up being able to be exactly what he was in the in a world where he gets. And to... And they keep saying that the whole time. You're never wrong. You're never wrong. And and he's proven right. A, right. A satisfying movie is not that we like seeing people grow because in the two and a half hours or whatever for a movie it's nice to see that things can turn around we want some sort of disconnect because we know we can't turn our lives around in two and a half hours so that's just kind of where i'm at with that and that move this the world's end does it i I does the worst job at it i think because even in shawn of the dead the characters change a little bit Right, so, you know, um, so by the end of the movie, they're much different, right? Sort of. Like I mean, Sean's the... more confident; he's more assertive. Liz, His house is nice. <laughs> yeah, but she, Liz is seems seemingly living there, so I don't know how much of that is her doing versus his doing. But that's huge but, in and of itself. Yeah, I mean, they made the next step in their relationship, right? But it's hot fuzz where characters really grow, right? You know, um, Ed becomes you know a better or not Ed. <laughs> uh, uh, what is his first name in Hot Fuzz? I don't know. I haven't seen There's him in a while. Nicholas Angel. I know his last name is Butterman. Butterman yeah. Officer Butterman. I don't remember his first that's, name. That's super annoying. But he, he grows <sighs> quite a bit, right? He becomes a more knowledgeable police officer. And he starts. He tries very hard. He loves Officer Angel. Oh, wait, it's Danny. Yeah, Danny. Danny Butterman. Danny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, he, he grows. He becomes more professional across the board. And then Angel lightens up a bit. He lets someone into his life. He learns how to care for a person that's, you know, not just the job and, you know, all that type of stuff. I liked seeing that growth from all of them. They both, they both take things from each other as the mm-hmm. movie progresses, right? And that's something that you see as a pattern, you know, like the jog on and, you know, Danny repeating stuff that Angel said earlier. <laughs> right. You know, like little things like that, that like you heard, you know, 20 minutes ago that the other characters now saying, and yeah. I don't think the other, the other movies didn't, didn't do that. So let's, let's, I want to talk about a couple things we're going to go over tonight. Cause it's just that great. <laughs> First of all, I want to mention how brilliant the soundtracks are. 
all yeah. three well, movies. Edgar Wright. I mean, right? every every movie that he's ever done, the soundtrack is phenomenal. So, so yeah, it's so curated, and it's just I don't know. Like every time I hear it, some of the songs stand out, and that's that's I don't know if that's on purpose or not, where I just immediately recognize the song more than what. I'm paying more attention to that than what's going on, but well, I can't hear uh, a Queen uh, right. uh, without thinking of Shaun of the Dead. Now, you know the. the I specifically want to mention that scene because that is just brilliant. It's Kill so the perfect. Queen, yeah. the jukebox, <laughs> the coordinated hitting oh, of yeah, that poor man in yeah. pads. Like, yeah. uh, first of all, I feel bad that his entire like thing he has to be that bulky <laughs> throughout the entire movie so that it makes sense later. And also so he can get hit with pool cues. <laughs> uh, for me, in Shaun of the Dead, it's white lines. Every time I hear white lines, it's I just I picture them coming out of the bar, you know, and, and yeah. all that. Yeah. That's such a good scene, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of really great scenes in that movie. It, mm-hmm. I mean, I love Hot Fuzz, but man, Shaun of the Dead is what really sold me on the three of them, right? Oh, when sure. Yeah. So I would not have seen Hot Fuzz if it hadn't been for Shaun of the Dead. Mm-hmm. Right. At least not nearly as, you know, quickly as I did. So, you know, there's there's a lot of brilliance in Shaun of the Dead, and we were spending a lot of time on Hot Fuzz so because it's some yeah. of our favorite movies. Well, let's you talk know. about Shaun of the Dead some more, then, because there are some wonderful things in Shaun of the Dead. Can we talk about how Bill Nighy shows up in all three movies, and he's just a delight? Like... Yeah, he doesn't. He shows up less in each one. Yes, as Martin Freeman shows up more, he shows up less. Which one is he? Bill Nighy is uh, the stepdad. He is the chief inspector in Hot Fuzz, and he is the voice of the the blanks. The blanks. Gotcha. Whereas Martin Freeman like goes from no speaking to like a main character by the third film. Yeah, it's a funny little difference but yeah he's bill nye is awesome i mean he's great he's i I like the stepdad character i like that kind of wrinkle dynamic and that was a really emotional scene they did a good job when the way they killed off sean's parents very emotional and a movie that maybe didn't need to have any emotion to it 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 could have done without those and still probably been a good movie so I I liked the unexpected emotion turn. And then, you know, when Barbara dies, there's oh. this whole, like, Mexican standoff kind of thing with all the weapons and the... Very tense. The, every, everything that happens in the Winchester is great, pretty much. I agree. Uh, even the parts where there's no zombies. I, 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 I love that dynamic. Um, it does go to show, like, how good some of the actors really are in the background, too, because... You know, it's very obvious on rewatch that David was in love with Liz the entire time. And, you know, but the first time I watched it, as soon as John pointed it out, I was like, oh, and then, you know, you go back, you rewatch and you pick up on the subtle flirtations and. Mm-hmm. things like that i loved ed's excitement for the jaguar um <laughs> like i feel like in the zombie apocalypse that's what i would be most excited about too is getting to drive all the cars that i've always wanted to drive and just get left <laughs> right would you, exactly. would you wreck a car just so you could drive a nicer car yes, <laughs> yes i definitely Ryan would <laughs> i absolutely would i don't even have to think about that um yeah i and he got a lot of uh you know emotional moments too i i don't know that there's 
I think the emotions run a little bit higher in Shaun of the Dead than Hot Fuzz, but I liked the way that they did Nick Frost and Hot Fuzz where he was having to make – he was not a good police officer, not a really smart person in general, but when he found out his father was part of this, he had to you know make a decision, and it was an emotional thing. And I think he got a lot more to work with in Hot Fuzz. Even though, like surface level, it just looks like a very simple character in a simple role. Um, you know what gets me that. in Hot Fuzz every time is when he gets down to like the crypt area and you see all the the bodies. And as you continue, they get fresher and fresher, and their characters from the background from the first you know thirty forty five minutes. And it just every time it just makes me so sad because you know if. If that were to be exaggerated and continued, like, there's a good chance that I would have ended up dead in this village because you pass through and... You yeah. look at somebody wrong and right. you're done. I'm not a shifty juggler, crusty juggler, or whatever they called it, but I'm definitely not the person that blends in and makes things quaint. That's not, When people describe Ray, they don't say quaint. So, it's true. like... It's As somebody just, who knows Ray, I'll yeah, agree with that. Yeah, Ray, I'm not quaint, but it just it makes me sad. And I think like the more we're talking about it, I just kind of want to like cry. I feel sad for all those kids, I, the the living statue and the big bushy beard. Yeah. And well, one of my favorite scenes in Shaun of the Dead is towards the end of the film. It's in the basement of the Winchester when they're in the cellar. And they realize, yeah, when they think they can't get out, they think they're trapped. They haven't found the controls yet. Yeah, Yeah, like, that's a pretty real scene. Like, because the movie's mostly a comedy, right? And, yeah, like, you got one friend who's already dying. He's going to turn into a zombie at some point, right? And then the other two have to figure out how they're going to go. And they're deciding who's going to kill who. And, yeah, that was a pretty intense scene. And yeah, you know, they keep some levity in there, though. And you know, like, there's a, there's a part where you know, where Ed throws out, he goes, "No, I'd like to be shot now," <laughs> you know, because he's he doesn't want to listen to right. them. But um, or yeah. he farts or whatever. Yeah. Well, he does that too, right? You know, he's he's always sorry. Um, I just yeah, it's a good scene. It's a powerful. And he scene. didn't get as much in terms of like emotion, being getting mm-hmm. a chance to show emotion mm-hmm. in Shaun of the Dead as he did in Hot Fuzz. What he did was great, and yeah, yeah and those moments were very character driven for, you know, bringing the comedy in a moment like that. That's what the character would do. That was believable. I think that's another reason why the world's end kind of bothered me because they both got really emotional moments and to me they both fell flat. You know, when Really? Yeah, just a bit. I I compared to the other two movies probably especially. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm I want to know what you mean cuz I personally I thought that Kings when he has to like when, when when King's wrist show yeah, and hit towards the end at the world's end and he immediately said like they told me when to go to bed I just felt like a different line could have been said like I see I, I thought that fit all. the character so well because he hates being told what to do he does that's whatever true. he wants and what's a very simple thing what's one of the first things we get to do as kids when we get a little bit older is we don't have bedtime anymore right it's one of the first things we lose and i like that just kind of resonated with me and it connected back to the scene in the um the smokehouse yeah right where he doesn't want to show his arm his elbow right you like you know you can kind of start connecting the dots that way so i actually i thought that part was really good i don't think that nick gets anything really in the world's end oh when they try a couple times he admits that like his wife left him when he is like screaming at the clouds like you're gary fucking king and 
Like yeah. they they try, but honestly, his his car wreck that you know changed his whole life and uh, made him realize that he needs to be sober uh, probably should have been touched on more. I don't know. Yeah, I think they probably had to walk that line a little bit because he ends up drinking quite a bit yeah in that movie and maybe if you make it too real it gets kind of offensive um, it is because it's yeah. kind of a weird moment anyway when he just downs the six shots or whatever at that moment because he's just fed up with king i didn't feel like enough happened in that scene to justify that to justify yeah. now, of course i've never been in that in that position right so i i don't know but it just well, seemed like a really quick switch anytime you have somebody who is an admitted addict relapse it should be sad. It shouldn't be a like powerful moment that you're rooting for. Right. So, like if it was going to happen, I would have thought it would have happened right after the bathroom scene when they first find out that there's blanks. Cause like that's a life changing, like traumatic, intense, crazy thing. Right. So I could understand somebody not knowing how to cope with that. Right. But it just kind of comes about cause he's just annoyed with King and yeah. that didn't, like after everything else that's going on, that didn't really seem like the thing to focus on. But I agree. I think I that's know. a good. Well, when you're talking about addicts, it's like is it people don't view alcohol addiction the same way they view like cocaine addiction. So right. you know, you might not be rooting for somebody to take some blow again, but you know, everybody drinks alcohol. So that is you a know, good point. Like alcohol is so looked at as such a minor thing yeah he, i mean i don't when somebody sees an alcoholic drink in a movie then it's not nearly i don't think it's as nearly as impactful as it probably would be if it was somebody you know doing heroin again after being clean for a year or something i don't like know that. i just know that personally if like my friend who is struggling if i see them relapse or do something like i i would feel immediately sad and maybe like sure. try to be and responsible i think in so, real like, life obviously i yeah. would want to feel i would hope that i feel that way too but in no, a movie i th- just think right, the general public looks at it differently and society's it's unfortunate. stigma on it is a lot different well and don't forget in this movie like, as we've pointed out right like first off king wants everybody to yeah. join him in his own to be tragedy, just as annihilated right because that's his coping mechanism and he doesn't want to be alone doing that right that feels worse than doing it with a group of people and as ray as you mentioned everybody else is kind of a jerk too right like they're an unhappy people except for um that's gonna drive me nuts no all four of them are really like unhappy with one aspect or another of their lives like maybe they're successful in their jobs but well sure they're not like living their best no i mean that that's definitely true but um i can't believe i'm drawing a blank on his name now but the um the kid the guy who was bullied as a kid oh um, yeah I, yeah, he's not like mean to anybody. He's not a, a jerk or anything like that. So no, but he's a doormat um, for his Page, dad and Peter, his wife. Peter, Peter Page. Yeah, but I just I didn't want to call him a jerk. Like the other guys, he are wasn't a jerks. jerk. Yeah, he wasn't a jerk. The other guys kind of were. Yeah, he wasn't a jerk, but he was a doormat. Yeah, that's fair. Do you guys have any last thoughts on the Cornetto trilogy? No, but I've really enjoyed discussing it with you guys. Yeah. We haven't really talked about the Cornetto trilogy a lot. I didn't realize how much Hot Fuzz meant to Derek, and so that was really it. nice. It's very emotional um, and impactful for him. I mean, there, there's a lot more that we could talk about. You know, like we didn't really go into a lot of detail on on the plot stuff. You know, I think we could talk about the, well, we, yeah, we the didn't committee. really review. We could talk about the blanks. You know, but 
I still think it's a huge omission that they weren't able to get a bond for Shaun of the Dead. Well, I mean, no. Look, Roger Moore was still alive. It's, it's nothing like that. He could have played the stepdad. From it would have bu- been amazing. From a budgeting, Timothy Dalton, right? He, he was in this Hot Fuzz, like. Yeah, they could have had yeah. him in Shaun of the Dead too. Ray, Ray wants bonds. three different bonds oh, for three different movies. Gotcha. Yeah, but, right? but like, Shaun of the Dead's where it started. It's like their budget is clearly smaller than Pierce the other Brosnan's two character should have been bigger, by the way, in the world's end. Should not have been two scenes. Oh, uh-huh. you know that's fair. Fair enough. I mean. I don't need him to sing ever again. I saw Mamma Mia, and I want to remove that from my brain. But I think the idea to was to, to not get people, like, not to get the viewers to become suspicious of him, right? Because he's supposed to be a confidant kind of character. You're not supposed to think that he's a villain until the yeah, you know, until the big reveal kind of thing. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Both Bonds are Rachel villains, happy. though, which is kind of funny. If you can call the blanks villains, right? I guess that's an argument that could be made as well. But I don't know. Um, I don't know. Anything else from you, Ray? Well, yeah, I feel like we, I've kind of steamrolled um, a little bit. Watching The World's End, I realized how much of a crush I have on Martin Freeman, which I just assume is a product of me being in my 30s. <laughs> like, does, that, does that mean we can watch Sherlock now? I'm no longer like, <laughs> man, I need to be with a Hemsworth. I'm like, no, when you settle were like- down with someone. <laughs> Uh, completely safe like martin freeman when you were in 20 your 20s you wanted aragorn and now you want uh Bilbo. Bilbo. yeah i just want someone to cook me potatoes so you want sam really every Hobbit? everyone wants sam oh, okay at some aspect of their life gay straight pan whatever you want sam in your life yeah yeah rudy, i can agree with that rudy Stop i'd rather it. sam than rudy sam wise game just say he both he of did those characters not walk to mordor no no, shockingly, no. That's not what happens in in Rudy. That's the, the after college football scene. movie. That's the after credit stinger. That would have been so great. Oh man, um, what I, what is your? Do you have a favorite thing out of the trilogy? That's a weird question. I don't know no. what you're like mean a, by a that. favorite scene or a favorite character, something that you think stands out across the whole trilogy that you really like. I still don't know why. In Hot Fuzz, they're punished by eating ice cream and cake. Like that is never explained why they do that. I wish I worked in a place like that. Right? Do you like ice cream? Uh, um, so I guess if I had to pick a favorite scene of all of them, or uh, a, a moment, or a, maybe a, a trend that goes through all three films. I mean, I don't. I haven't really thought about all that. You seem like you have something prepared, but for me, I think. Uh, <laughs> The scene the in Hot Fuzz when, one of those gotcha questions. when Angel is walking or is on the horse riding into town <sighs> with all the guns. And that basically that whole action scene is just really for me. And he like nods at the scene. kids. Yes. And he horse. has the little thing the in his mouth. Pick. Yeah, the toothpick. And I mean, just that, that whole scene, I, I love the choreography of it. Uh, I mean, it's just a beautiful scene. But that specifically that moment is great. That's That might Ooh. be my favorite doesn't want to do that like i'm Thank not you. even a big weapons person but that like i think I even a straight laced like cop like angel was even inside smiling that this gets to happen oh, yeah. even though he knew that he might be you know going in to die but yeah ray what about you uh, i don't know 
I have two. So I yeah, you see, go oh, first. but he didn't prepare anything. I didn't say it. Completely, I completely never unprovoked. That. I never said it. that was the case. I was asking a question. Uh, so one of them is there's this little video game tone that's in all three movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I just really love and I wish I could get a copy of to have as like my notification tone on my phone or something like that. But that's a little one. And then that all, all the, they explain the entire movie in the beginning of the movie and you don't really notice it until the end. Until the end. You're like, holy crap. They just, they already explained the whole thing. I just, I like that. I like that little, like the attention to detail that we were talking about where, mm-hmm. it, you know, they're able to explain everything without giving anything away. Um, I just always enjoy that. Yeah, that's. I agree. That's really good. Okay. Yeah. Good talk. Let's boo boo. <laughs> <laughs> Been waiting an hour to say that. Okay. <laughs> that is going to bring us to a close. What are we doing all next week? I don't know. You're you the, why are you looking at me? I don't know. Schedule keep Listen, right. I find out what we're doing about 10 minutes before the podcast starts. Okay, so. I will look it up, look, look, you I'm, guys. I'm IT. Ryan's Ryan's the talent. <laughs> oh, and thank you're you. the producer. I was so. waiting to hear what you were going to say about me because I don't really contribute. Guys, we're doing a bad movie review. Oh, God. Is, I have to watch which one, which one is it? Batman and Robin. Yes. Okay. At least it's something I've seen before. Yes. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. I haven't seen that movie in ages. I don't even know if we own it. Yes, do, I do. do. I was, Is there something to stream it on? It was gifted to me by my Do I need to see all the high seas to get it? <sighs> you can borrow it. I, I, wonder, I bet you it's on DC Universe. I don't, I don't have DC Universe. <laughs> I'll, you can borrow mine. I'll see all the high seas. It's okay. I'm, I'm excited to watch it. It's been a very long time since I've seen that movie. All right, so join us next week to talk about the wonderful... Batman and Robin Painfully movie. Painfully wonderful. It is very painful. <laughs> the Joel Schumacher classic. <laughs> Can we all wear rubble, rubber suits with nipples on them for this? I think we Are should. Are you going to 3D print nipples for us? I might. Or? I can 3D <laughs> print you some nipples, Derek. You can eat them. We'll just like duct tape nipples to the outsides of our shirts. Yes. With or without areolas? I mean, depends if you're male or female. That's fair. Right? Isn't that how it worked in the movie? Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They needed that PG rating. Yeah, so, exactly. You know. <laughs> no female areolas. All right. So that's what we're doing next week. You can follow us on uh, Screen Heroes Pod on Twitter. You can follow us at uh, heroespodcast.com where you can get all of our shows. We have so many of them. You can listen to them all. We're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Individually, you can follow Ryan at Buster Props, you can follow Derek at the Star Trek Dude. You can follow me at Siren Ray on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We also have a Patreon. Contribute if you like us. Yeah, nobody really does anything with it, but it would be nice if somebody gave us some money. Right. Um, I just want to give a shout Validation. out. I want to give a shout out to our sibling show, Echo Station. They will be reviewing The Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. Uh, we are not going on an episode by episode it. basis. I, I'm not sure their exact plan, but they will be reviewing the episode in a multi episode series That's cool. on Echo Station. So it's our sibling show. They uh, put out new episodes every other Monday. Cool. All right. You can check that out. Look forward to that content, and we will see you next week. Have a good night.
If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.